0: Stand and lift up our hands for the joy of the Lord is our strength. We bow down. Lord. Yeah.
1: everyone. How are y'all doing today? It's good to see you. Yay. Look at all those shiny. shiny. Oh, a couple of people look tired. Oof. Yeah. Yeah. Gr- Mike back there is like, I'm tired. Yeah. I didn't have any coffee in my house today. That was not okay.
2: Wait, so there, there literally was no coffee available or you didn't make any? Cause that's a big difference.
1: Um, there was not available.
2: That's still so vague. I, uh,
1: <laughs> OK, fine. If you want to go into so I buy beans, um, whole beans, and I did not have the ability to grind them to make the coffee. OK, I'm a I'm coffee nerd, OK? I
2: snob, true. I think, is the word you're looking for. Coffee Coffee nerd? snob, not coffee nerd. There's a difference. You're an elitist. When
1: it comes to hey, coffee. Hey, good morning.
2: good to see you all. Welcome.
1: <laughs> so my <laughs> point was I had to come to church to get coffee. And so I get it if you're tired today. So, how are you, Dan? <laughs> <laughs> I grind my coffee too. You but do? But I pre-grind it. You pre-grind uh, it. Yeah. So I have plenty this morning. Should come over. I should have. Next time I'm going to say that. Hey, bring me a cup of coffee. Okay. All right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, and then you're 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 taking on a trip this week.
2: Um, I won't. Well, next week. Okay. So next weekend. I, I'm playing in a tournament. The week after, I'm going to Denver, and Sam is playing in a national and tournament. I, I, I yeah, so it's going to be cool. Yay!
1: Yeah. So we'll be Go, yeah. Sam! Yeah. I uh, will
2: let him know that you were supporting him from afar.
1: Oh, absolutely. Is there a way we can? W- it's not sh- shown, is it? No,
2: there's a way you can follow him. I'll send a link out. Yeah,
1: please do. We would love that.
2: And you can see where he quadruple bogeys and where he birdies, you know? Because both are going to happen. It's just the nature of golf, right? Yep, yep. 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 I won't be with him. He said, "Don't." He's like, "I'm gonna be there," but he's like, "I don't want you following me on the card," which just doesn't hurt my feelings. He plays better when I ain't around, so yeah, it's good for him. Less so stress. yeah, I'll send Less a link stress. out if people are interested. Oh and yeah. He's playing five rounds in
1: four days. It, he'll be tired. Wow. Yeah, eh, he's young. He can do it. All right. So Jesse, I think, has a couple of co- couple of announcements. If you want
3: to. Okay. I'm sorry. There you go. I think I should just do because no, I'm so short. I'm sorry. Hi there. Uh, we have a couple of announcements. One of them, there's no slide for it. But Beth brought her fantastic cards for our friends who hang out at home. So write a note in there. Say how you do and pray it for you. Hope all is well. And then sign your name in a beautiful fashion as we do. Uh, so that's number one. Number two, the yard sale. I think there is a slide for it. I made this beautiful sign-up sheet uh, this morning because I forgot <laughs> um, that this is going to be, like, our main way of figuring out who's going to be where during the yard sale. We need people who will sit by the cash bucket and say hello. We need people that will help set it up. We need people to feed other people. So this beautiful sign-up sheet will be out there next to Kathy or Jesse. She didn't. Yes. I'll stand there adorably. Um Yeah, and just sign up for what you're doing. We have set up, clean up, all those things. Also, next Sunday, just so you guys aren't surprised, we're going to clean up the yard sale after church. So who is right? Because I don't know if you've ever done the yard sale. Saturday is the worst day. You just want to sleep, but then you're here to pack boxes. So we're going to change it up this year. So if you have any questions, Kathy or Jesse or Pastor Brian will be by this beautiful, beautifully made sign-up sheet. Next one. Oh, it's the donut booth one. Yeah, I, I knew that. Um, So donut booth, we have our donut booth fully covered for the entire day. What we would love is prayer. So if you guys could pray for our interactions, pray that we have enough donuts, because I ran around to a lot of bakeries last time to get donut holes. Um, so just pray for our time there. Uh, Greg and Mike is gonna be doing one session, Sydney and her great kids are doing another, and then Pastor Brian and I are gonna be finishing out. Uh, so just pray for us. and. Pray for a good time. Pray for a good community, like positive interaction, and that would be great. And lastly, I don't think it's in there either. That's okay. Who does those? They should get on that. Um, The leaders meeting. It's me. Uh, So the leaders meeting is next week, right after service. Greg sets a beautifully made agenda. If you did not get it, let me know. and We can chat about it. It's going to be really quick, maybe. Um, So, yeah, quick, simple. Every leader that's here, please... Uh, check in with me if you're not gonna be there. I got you done. I figured you out. It's after church, so if you don't want to help, if you don't want to help with the yard sale cleanup, come to the later meeting. I'm saying. Um, so yeah, that's it. That's all I got. Right? Right. Yep. Thank
1: you. that Thank you that, uh, that, there's, there's, there, that coming forward is a sure expectation that life will be better.
2: Father, as we enter into worship, that we're able to shed our earthly distractions and then lean into the peace that comes from time focused on you. We will lean into that calm place, clear everything else away and see you. Help us to get there, Father. We love you, amen. Stand as you're able. And I'm just gonna remind you that when I'm done, I'm gonna pray and then Brian's gonna come up and he's gonna have you stand as he reads the scripture. So don't sit down. Just stand up and stay standing as you're able, unless you like calisthenics, and then that's your deal.
0: I see your face in every sunrise, the colors of the morning are inside your eyes, the world awakens in the light of the day, I look up to the sky and say, you're beautiful. You're beautiful, you're beautiful, you're beautiful When we arrive at eternity's shore Where death is just a memory and tears are no
2: continue just to to pray that our eyes will be open to you, that we will see your reflection and all the blessings in this beautiful world, in the the little bit of rain that we had this morning, and then the sun that we've experienced, um, the memory that we woke up to this morning. Um, Father, that that openness doesn't end when we leave here. I do ask specifically, as we As we hear your word this morning, that we remain open to that. And not just to hear, but to internalize it. And then, as I often pray, to to be changed. To be changed to be a better reflection of you. To be more like you. Thank you,
1: Father. Revelation 21. Starting in verse... Verse 3, and I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, look, God's tabernacle or dwelling is now among the people and he will dwell with them. They will be his people and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death, or mourning, or crying, or pain. For the old order of things has passed away. You may be seated. Father God, thank you for, my, uh, for this hope. Help me to communicate, help us to hear it. This verse was written, Father, to give your people hope in the midst of difficult times. Infuse us all with hope. May the words of my mouth be yours. May this proclamation be something that is clearly from you. Not, not a lecture, but God speaking to his people. Use this sinful, broken clay vessel for your glory to shine through. In Jesus' name. I'm going to restate some of my introduction a moment ago because my mic was off. and uh, You know, it's been said that you can live about 30 to 45 days somewhere in that area without food. You can live around three days worth uh, without water. You can go about three minutes without air. But it could be argued that you can't live one second without hope. Hope that the next moment is is going to be a better one, or at least not worse than what you're currently living. You need hope. Hope. you got to have it. And this passage is meant to give hope. The whole context of Revelation, if it's it's worth reminding ourselves, is, is Jesus is writing to his people, his church, because they're going under, undergoing amazingly difficult persecution and seduction and life is difficult. And really the basic point is Jesus wins and the world and Satan loses. And for those of us who hold on to Jesus, it gets really good at the end. One of the things I love about that song that we just sang is that death is a memory. Can you try to imagine death being just a memory? But it won't be just death. Try to imagine sadness just being a memory. Distress just being a memory. Anxiety just a memory. This gives us a sense of where we're going. Let me start by just walking through some of this. I heard a loud voice from the throne. And he's saying the tabernacle. Now, I did change the word. um, It it is tabernacle. Some of of your, in fact, a lot of your, your verses will say dwelling. It's the same word. But there's a reason to put tabernacle for here. Because that'll help in your mind connect to other references to, quote, the tabernacle throughout Scripture. That's the point. When I say that, what what, what comes to your mind? You think about the the Israelites in the desert, right? Because at that point, God is literally dwelling amidst his people. That's the point. is the glory of God filling the tabernacle, going before them as a pillar in the morning. A fire at night and a cloud during the day. It's, it's like it's that's the image you're meant to have. God with his people. As it, as it continues to say. And now the tabernacle, the dwelling among the people, and he will dwell with them. He will be, they will be his people, he will be his God. They will be with. He, and he will be with them, and they will be with him, and they and be their God. This, this ultimately is the whole point of Scripture, is that God wants to live with us. Scripture is ultimately a romance. It's a romance of God wooing his bride, his people, to live with him. A, in a family kind of role. And it, again, it's the song we just sang, that we are his bride will come together for our wedding day. It's a long quote in, in, Revel, in, in Jeremiah, but it's worth hearing um, because I, I want you to understand that what's, what's being described here in, at the end of Revelation is the fulfillment of everything God has been saying and promising all through Scripture. Starting in the garden when God comes down and sees Adam and Eve, and there's this mess, and he says, but I'm sending someone who will crush the serpent's head. He's going to undo the mess that they and and Satan has done. So, actually it's Ezekiel, Ezekiel 37. Now let me just read through this a little bit. And my servant will be king over them. Now, just for a little pause for a moment, whenever you read in, in, in the Old Testament, and it's clearly post the time of the historical David, you need to ask the question, who's, which David are we talking about? In this case, as you'll see in a moment, there's no way that what he's talking about here is the historical David. He must be using David in a sense of a type, as an image of somebody else. Who is the somebody? Well, it's the Sun- Sunday school answer. It's Jesus. Okay? My servant David. But David in the sense of who, who was David? He was the king. He was the one who loved God. He was, who was after God's heart. This, this person, Jesus is a type of David, will be king over them. And there will be one shepherd over them. It's this passage and a few others is the reason why Jesus called himself the good shepherd. And they will follow my ordinances. They will keep their statutes and obey them. It's just we will be doing the right things. And I will live and they will live in the land that I gave to my servant Jacob. They'll be in this land, the promised land. It's a whole big subject there, but we'll leave it for now. And they will live in it Forever, and with their children, their grandchildren, and my servant David will be their prince forever. And this is one of the places where it's clearly, we're not talking about the historical David. It has to be somebody who's going to live forever. This is an eternal circumstance. Jesus, we're talking about eternity here. And I'll make a covenant of peace with them. When we talk about the covenant here at, at, at communion, this is what we're talking about. This covenant, this agreement that God's going to make between us, with us and him, of peace with, uh, with him. It will be an eternal one. There's not going to be another covenant. This, is, this covenant will never be broken. I will establish and multiply them, and I will set my sanctuary. We've been talking about that in Ephesians. This idea that God's dwelling with them. He's gonna be in their very midst. My dwelling place will be with them. And I will be their God, and they will be my people. So this is this is what he's getting at. This is he's practically quoting this in Revelation. As is much much of Revelation, is literally either a quote or a, an allusion to an old, pass, old Testament passage. Almost all of Revelation is that. And here's an example. And the point of all this is, one, what he's saying here at the end is something God has been promising over and over and over and over and over in addition to this idea of, this, of dwelling in the presence of God. Presence. Intimacy. Being with him this is the old this is the hope of the christian it's relational and what does that look like this this fulfillment of and 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 what brought us there how did we get this covenant of course is what we, we celebrate at the communion table it's what we remember it's it's what jesus did on the cross it produces this and what we're going to see following it. Now, let's just pause for a moment and let's really carefully consider this phrase He, belonging. Where is bride? There's, there's this connection, it's a person you're connecting with. So much of our time, we, f- we worry if we belong. If we're wanted. If we're known. It's so personal. He's going to wipe. Think about what that means. Think about how tender it is to wipe someone's eyes. You don't roughly do it. It's a it's so gentle. It's so tender. It's so personal. It's so it's it's like you're right there. It's a, it's a relationship of the d- dwelling with God that's very very personal and very very tender. This is what we're looking for, is a, is this this deep kind of a child to a to a parent kind of thing, to a little child, and also I- in, in in a very good, deep, healthy, intimate marriage relationship. We'll wipe your tear, and not just a tear, every tear. Think about that for a moment. Tears don't last very long. They're there just for a moment, right? I mean, when you're crying, each tear probably lasts less than maybe 10 seconds. And then it just kind of dribbles down and it's gone. So what's it going to mean when he's saying he's wiping every tear? It's immediate right there. It's knowing what you're going through. It's this sense of deep connection with you. They know everything about you all the time. He's fully, deeply aware. There's this this, this image that we have of fathers, that we have of parents, of people, of this disconnect between people. This, this, This not really being fully present, not here. Deep, deep presence. Belonging, wanting, caring. From their eyes. Have you ever tried to wipe someone's eyes? Don't, they pre- you, don't you pretty much have to look ex- directly in their face to do so? I mean, you're going to see the creator. The one that the angels won't even look at because he's so holy. And you're going to get to see him face to face. And not at a distance. I mean, you got to be close. The image is, is you've you got to be right there to wipe someone's eyes. You're going to be deeply close to him. No wonder the angels want to look into what we got. If they could be jealous, this, is the, th- this would be a jealous thing. I mean, we're right there. Think about that. Seeing him face to face. The next phrase was is that there will be no more death. Now, let's take a moment and think, wh- wh- what is death? And for a long time, I, I got a little confused about what this is, and maybe you do too at times. Um, think of death not as what it is, but what it means. Now, it, what is it? It's the ceasing of the body to work. Yeah, but what does it mean? To the person dying and to the mourner. It's separation there's a disconnect right you can't connect with them anymore right it also means that there's pain there's sorrow there's there's lack of presence with them this is what the bible means about death that we have died to god that our sins have separated us has caught a, a, a brokenness between us and god Which is what Isaiah 59.2 talks about. That our sins have caused a separation between us and God. And that the gospel, uh, Romans 6.23 says, that that the wages of sin is death. Sin caused death, that is a separation. But here it's gone. There's no separation. The gift of God is eternal, unending, that is, the opposite of death, that is life. It's life. And that's what we're getting at when we're saying, he says just a couple of verses later in chapter two, they see his face. There's this deep connection of being in the presence of God. There's How can you wipe someone's tears unless they're in your presence? It's life and God is the author of life. And so we get life, not death. We get presence. Now I want to just, just just for a moment consider this 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 idea that God is the author of life. He's the author of everything good, and you're in the presence of the very source of everything that's good. Last night we were at at the uh, the, the, the grill and chill at the Benders, and they they had these these amazing desserts. A couple of Cobblers and pies, and if you can imagine for a moment eating something that, or maybe it's maybe it's fruit, maybe it's a grape, maybe it's an orange, but you or, or the donuts that Mike brought, something that's really you eat it and you go, "Ooh, that's good." I want to encourage you whenever you experience something good like that, to, to take that thing and trace it back up. To the source of everything good. Like tracing a, a single beam of light back up to the sun. Trace, trace that, that, that just that whiff of pleasure and joy and yumminess of goodness back to the one who gave you that good thing. Because if James 1.17 says every good and pleasant thing is from the Father of lights. Everything good is from him. It's just a hint now imagine drowning being in the ocean of God's goodness with that, that, that hint, that taste, that tiny little taste of something yummy and sweet. That is your experience all the time and you're drowning in that kind of an experience forever. Sometimes people will say things like, well, heaven's just going to be like eating chocolate all the time. No, but they're onto a little hint because eating a little piece of chocolate is a little taste of yummy, of goodness, right? And being in the presence of God is the ultimate yummy. It's the ultimate yes. This is what it's talking about when we talks about living in the presence of God, of seeing his face. It's this intimate place where you're right next to him, the author and the, the, the very fountainhead of goodness, that every kind of good thing that you've ever experienced, it all comes from him. Now, expect, expect, think about that all the time. This is what he's getting at. This is why he's wiping all the tears. This deep longing, this deep intimacy, this deep desiring and being known with each other. This is what he's talking about with no death. Yes, of course, it means no physical death, but it's deeper than that. And what does that look like when there's no more death and you're in the presence of God? Back to our text, he will wipe every tear from your eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain. Mourning, crying, or pain. Again, we're, we're, we're quoting an Old Testament here. Isaiah 50, th- uh, 35. Those who have been redeemed of the Lord will return back to where they belong. Humanity will return back to where they belong, which is in the presence of God. They will enter into Jerusalem, the place where God lives. And what they will they do? They will be singing, crowned with Unending, everlasting joy. And sorrow and mourning will disappear. John's quoting this. No no sorrow, no mourning, just joy. And they will be filled to the brim with joy, with gladness, with happiness, with all of that. And then one one more quote from the Old Testament, one of my favorites, Psalm 16, the writer saying to God, you show me the way of life, which is what? The joy of your presence, the pleasures of living with you forever. This is what heaven is. This is what eternity is. So no more mourning, no more crying, no more pain. Mourning is the word that is used to describe um, deep sorrow over a bad or hard circumstance. That's the idea behind this one. And so when we're thinking about mourning, you know, if you're not mourning, what are you doing? If you're, not, if you're not having any hard or difficult circumstances, but in context you're having good ones, what do you do? You celebrate. It's the opposite of that. Can you imagine eternity of celebration? Of celebrating. Doing, instead of difficult things, you're doing pleasurable things, enjoyable things, for eternity. It's difficult, isn't it? Because our whole life Looks like mourning, crying, or pain. It's like we—it's—it's we, it's, it's beyond our comprehension. I mean, he's saying the words, but what does that look like? Never to have another hard, difficult circumstance. If you can imagine that, you're better than me. I think the best thing we can do is we can again take these these these, these little whiffs of moments. These little whiffs, these little fractions of moments when you're at a party or you're with a good friends or something really enjoyable happens in your, in your life and it's as if, as if all the other stressful things, just even if it's a moment, just disappear and you're in that moment and it's like, oh, this is really good right now, right? When that happens to you next, just p- try to pause for a second and say, yeah, but this is what it's going to be like forever and the hard stuff will be just a memory a memory crying crying is the idea with this word it's not just simply sadness it's the idea of of, of of anxiety of fear it's a crying out it's a ah! that's what it means by crying out no more exact Anxiety. No more being afraid. No more, more no more uh, uh, of this, not being okay. I think sometimes we are, we are so used to anxiety as adults that we have forgotten what it feels like to have no anxiety. Once in a while, we look at little kids, you know, like a three-year-old or who have no, no, no stresses in the world, really, other than getting their next food, and you can kind of see the carefree freeness of their lives, and you can have a hint of like, huh, I wonder what that was like, right? When you didn't know enough to be stressed out about anything, right? And now, as I get older, it's like, oh, I gotta worry about this, and this, and this, and this, and this, and, this. and all these people I'm worried about, and it's like, oh! So much anxiety, so much fear, so much distress. But it'll be a memory. No anxiety. No fear. No worries. No worries. No crying out. And pain. Some of that we think about how much pain physically we bear with all the time. And just like with anxiety, I, I wonder, uh, now that I'm older, what, 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 what did I feel like when I was 10 and, <laughs> and my, you know, you know and my body was working great? How much pain do I feel every moment of every day that I just have to just kind of ignore? There's no pain. There's a physical piece to that. But it's also an emotional. This, this word is the ki- is the same kind of word that's that's often translated as distress, trauma, just hurt, physically or emotionally. You've been through, been around life enough, you know that you have scars, you have hurts, you have bro- you're broken. We're all broken. You know, no no one gets through life, if they live very long, without some kind of wounds. Whether it's from your parents, whether it's your friends, whether it's your, your co-workers, maybe it's just your circumstances. No more pain. No more brokenness. I don't think we can get that. I can't. No pain. No anxiety, no fear, no grief. So much of our, our lives, aren't we, we? We respond to people in our lives because of hurts in the ba- and the baggage we have. What's it going to be like when you don't respond out of that baggage? What's it going to be like when people are reacting to you without their baggage? <laughs> right? As, as, as Peter puts it, it's the home of righteousness. It's that, mo- that place where people are, are relating rightly, perfectly rightly, all the time to each other. No, no, no none of this you know peace joy there's this peace this this deep well that you not just experience in moments of that things are going to be okay but this being it, it's like being on, on, on a ship in the ocean which terrifies the, the living out of me you know that you can look down and you can't see the bottom <laughs> right think about peace like the peace keeps going, and there, you know there's no end to it. There's no, I mean, so often our peace in our lives is, I have some now, but I know it's not lasting, <laughs> right? You know it's not going to last. You can see, okay, soon something's going to happen, and my my, my peace will be shattered like a million pieces, right? But, but try to imagine looking into the peace ahead, and, and you're just like, I can't see the end of it. There's a a type of anxiety in just knowing that the peace you currently have is not going to last. (laughs) So that anxiety is gone. That just being able to take a deep breath and how much tension do you keep in your body all the time? And it's just gone. The wholeness, the joy. Peace, intimacy, belonging, presence of God, life, connecting with other all these people, all the time, forever. <coughs> it strains our imagination, which is probably why Paul, uh, not Paul, John, said this in the negative, because the positive is kind of hard to grasp. We understand what death is. Okay, so not that. But what does it mean to not have it? We understand grief and sorrow and anxieties and fears. Yeah, okay, yeah. I I know what that is. I know that very well. But what really does it mean to not have that? I understand what crying out is and trauma and pain. But what does it mean to not have that? It's difficult to get it. But that's your hope. I have a sense of being intimate with people, of deeply connecting and being known and knowing, not just God, but other people. But but it's often strained, and there's a fear of being rejected in there. What's it like not having that? they will be his people god himself will be with them he will wipe every tear from their eyes and there will be no more death or crying or excuse me or mourning or crying or pain These things will be gone forever. The one sitting on the throne said, look, I'm, I'm making everything new. It's not that it's going to be completely new, it's the idea of restoring. It's like taking a, a, a used car, a beat-up car, and making it as new again. That's the word that's being used. So, so It's not like you're going to not recognize the world or people. He said, write this stuff down. Why? Because what he's telling us is trustworthy. It's worth trusting this hope. It's true. God is swearing by himself that this will happen. This is your hope. And I understand life, you know, life is hard, but there's hope Lift your eyes and see it. You won't always feel this pain. You won't always feel this distress, this anxiety. You won't always be broken. You won't always have a disconnect between you and people. And be sad all the time. You will live in the presence of God. The author of all that is good. Our culture has no hope. There's no real hope in the world. We can be people of hope. Something they desperately need. There's a a desperate hopelessness out there. Let's be people of hope. Just by living and believing that what I've said today is trustworthy and true. For them. But also because you need it. I need it. There's hope. Let's pray. Lord, I, I again, I just, I, I pray that you would give, fill our souls, our minds, our hearts with hope. Help us to not be so short, so so short-term Viewed. I mean, as you know, there, there is a need to view the short term too. We can't ignore the short term. But so much of the world is only about now in this life because, frankly, that's all this world has. That's all the enemy has is now in this life. But that's not true for us. This is as, this is as bad as it gets, Jesus. Because of what you did for us. We long for you to. Sound the trumpet. We long for you to, to, to pull back the clouds. To call us home. Call us home Jesus. And until that moment. Give us the grace. To have hope today the hope that you have promised us that is absolutely sure that is can we can be living with expectation for in Jesus name, amen
2: stand as you're able please
0: When peace like a river Attends Satan should love it, no trials should come. Let this blessed assurance control that Christ has regard. strong We fall down, we lay our crowns at the feet of Jesus, the greatness of mercy and love at the feet of Jesus, and we
1: Pray with me. Jesus, you, uh, you left heaven and all of its joys, its pleasures, its, its peace, its glories to come down here. To grab a hold of us. to take us back up there with you. Thank you, that you, you, you. You promised that no one could snatch us out of your hand, that we're holding on to you, but more importantly, you're, you're holding on to us. But so often, Jesus, we, uh, we fight you for things we really don't need or want, Want, we, we, we know is not good for us, rather than just to, to let you bless us and, and, and take what you give to us so freely and so joyously. We doubt your word. We ignore your voice. As one person said the other day to me, it's like, So often it seems like we're that squirrel on the on the uh, on the road is trying to get is about to get hit from a car and you're on the sidelines saying, don't do that. You just don't want us hurt anymore. So, Lord, we come to this moment. And say, Jesus. I want to stay in your hand sorry I fought you for the things I've I, I shouldn't have and want. I've hurt you, I've 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 sinned against you, but thank you for your forgiveness. Thank you for your your mercy, which is new every morning. Thank you for that. In Jesus' name. On the night that he was betrayed, Jesus took the bread and said, here's my, my body given for you. And the one who was acquainted with sorrow and sickness went to the cross just a few hours later. And there the Father laid on him all of our, our sin, all of all the judgment that we deserved was laid upon him. God is not angry at you. Yes, I know you sinned again today. And yeah, I know you keep doing the same thing. Yeah. He knows. He wants you to come home. In the same way after supper, he took the cup and says, this is the cup of the new covenant poured out for the forgiveness of sins. That eternal covenant of peace between me and you, says the Lord. That we are okay because of what my son has done. It depends on me and my work, not yours. We are the object of his kindness and riches of his grace. Come to the table as we sing. And I want you to have peace today. Have peace knowing that you're his. That his hope is promised to you, is sure, and will not let you down. Trust his grace, trust his word, not in you, in him. Come to the table.
0: we strangers still I love you, love you more than your head, and I know you have to trust this to be true, and I join this feast he has called us here you and me so may peace rain down from heaven like little pieces of the sky little keepers of the promise calling on these souls this drought has dried Snurs in these low. Are still strong enough to reach behind these prison bars to set us free. So may peace rain down from heaven, like little pieces of the sky, little keepers of the promise falling on these souls this drought has dried in his blood. Body in this bread
1: and blood of Christ given for you. Life is grief. A lot of grief. But I don't want you to be uninformed, brothers and sisters, so that you grieve in this life like like the rest of the world does. Because those who have passed on have already entered into that joy, that incredible hope that we're looking for. And one day, that trump will sound and you will join them too. And you will be with him along with all those who followed before you forever. Where death is a memory, where tears are a memory, anxiety and stress and trauma is all just a memory. So have peace. Knowing that your, your Lord is, sh- he won't lie to you. He's not like a peep person. When he promises, he fulfills. He loves you. He's not going to let go of you. That true hope will come. Peace to you. Let's finish our service with singing that last chorus one more time.
0: So may peace rain down from heaven, the little pieces of the sky. Little keepers of the promise calling on these souls this drought has dried In his blood and in his body In this bread and in this wine
1: Father, I pray that you would go before each of us because we, we need your strong, sovereign hand setting the, the path before us. So Go before us in power, orchestrating our steps. Pray that you would follow behind us with the mercy that we desperately need because we know we're going to keep messing up and we're going to continue to sin. We're going to hurt people. We're going to hurt ourselves. So follow behind us with mercy. And, of course, for for every moment, be right next to us all the time, giving us the grace we need to get through the next moment of life, to take that next breath, to take that next step forward, to get through the days ahead until you call us home. In Jesus' name, amen. Peace of Christ. We'll see you guys next week.